0: Welcome to Speak of the Devil. My name is Reverend Campbell and I've got a hell of a show for you this week. And a quick note the lapel pin that I was wearing in that video and the one I'm wearing right now are both from the same gentleman who's joining me tonight. That's right. Tonight we're discussing satanic celebrations with none other than Magister Frost. How are you, my dear my friend? It was fine, thank you. I almost called you my dear out of <laughs> just habit to talking to someone. <laughs> It's a little Ah. strange. Um, First, let me uh, give a quick shout out to everyone in the chat room. Thank you guys so much for joining us live. Uh, Stormy, it's great to see you. Dallas, thanks for joining so early. Uh, Gary, Joaquin, William, Wes, my man, how you doing? Uh, Stephanie, it's great to see you. Todd, Shauna, my wife, you're not supposed to be watching this. This is devil stuff. And Dark and Light, good to see you. All right, so again, we're going to be talking about uh, satanic celebrations. So uh, I don't know. Let's just start from the very beginning here. Uh, Because I'm sure we're going to have stories that that go long here, which are going to be just great. (laughs) Because with every satanic celebration is some form of a mishap, some form of unexpected occurrences. And uh, that's kind of the fun of it, I think. So, um, uh, Magister Frost, what do you think is the draw for most satanists to to attend or to put on uh, celebrations?
1: Uh, It's definitely being around like-minded people. Mm -hmm. Um, you look at the fact that I mean again the whole aspect of you know when you get into Satanism and everything like that is is you're looking for other people who think like you and then as you progress within it you find people who think like you but in a lot of cases they're not local they're not near you so you're going to meet people especially with the internet now you're going to meet people all over the place um, and you're going to want to meet them. You're going to want to do things with them because they are interested in the same things you're interested in, so it's going to be a definite fun time. Mm. Um, so the draw is only to meet the
0: people that are like you yeah.
1: and do something fun together.
0: <laughs> so I don't know if, if from the the host side versus the attendee side, do you think there's different expectations Depending on where you're sitting.
1: Oh, definitely. Um, You know, from the the guest side of it, it, like with any event that you would ever go to, you are you go to it. You're the guest. You don't really have much responsibility other than to you know be there and Mm -hmm. do the things that are. Um, You do. um, You know, you have the aspect of making sure that you are you know socially acceptable and you know you dress nice and you have you know a good personality you know you know bring your top game but uh, whereas the host has to plan everything make sure everything's running good um, make sure that there's no problems that come you know and if a problem does arise you got to deal with it as quickly as possible to make sure the event doesn't get affected by it um, we ran into many many issues and all of the events um, and you just have to be you know quick on your toes and it it's a lot more stress you don't necessarily get to enjoy the event like the guest does, but for the host it's worth it in a different way hmm. because you're the one who put on the event you're the one who had all these people come to this event, and again, you still get to you have time to talk to them and meet with them, and you know you, you still get the same feeling, but in a different way than what yeah. the guest does.
0: Do you think that? Uh, do you think that it's it's up to the host in order to make the guests have a great experience, or is it up to the host just to set the stage and let the guests make their experience for themselves?
1: Well, it, honestly, if you're going to put on an event. And you're going to bring X number of people to this event. Um, which I mean, we've had events that if you've been anywhere from eight to 250 people, hmm. um, Jeez. It, it, as the host, you, you need to make sure that you have enough things planned for people to do together. Um, but then you also need to give the people who come time to venture out on their own at the given place that you have planned this event at. Um, You don't necessarily have to plan their day 24 Mm seven, but you should have at least one group thing done at least per day while the event runs. You know, some events are only days, some events are a week. You know, we had an event that was almost two weeks long. Um, So you, you know, it. The longer the, the time of the event, the, again, the more harder it's harder to plan it. But um, but then the guests themselves should also do the research of where they're going because there is going to be downtime and they can go and view some interesting monument or whatever that's in that area um, during that time to keep themselves occupied. Yeah. And nobody should have to be bored. If you, yeah. if you get bored
0: i do kind of feel like if you're bored as an attendee it's kind of on you <laughs> like i i mean you know what you should at least know what is going to be happening every single day or the day of and so it's kind of on you to fill the gaps and like you said one aspect of that is going to be researching the area and, and finding interesting things to do or or commiserate with other attendees and you know create your own little side gigs or whatever and but but to just expect the host to dote on you or something that's it's it's unrealistic i guess is my point um you know for example any any of the cos oh i'm sorry go ahead no, just to expect to be
1: entertained all the time um, because again, personalities are personalities. They're going to clash here and there. Whatever you may not necessarily get all the time with X person that you wanted or whatever, because their their time is filled with the other people there. Yeah. So yeah, you need to be able to clean yourself when you can't. You know, when you have downtime.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so one thing I wanted to talk about is uh, the the ritual side of this because. Ultimately, I think for virtually every, if not every, Satanist coming into this um, that is willing to participate in magic of any form, satanic magic, well, then a gathering is really an, an opportunity for a group ritual. And that's this enticing and exciting idea to someone who's never been a part of one before. Um, do you think that that's an expectation of every? type of celebration that there has to be a ritual component to it to make it feel like it's a satanic celebration
1: No, oh, definitely not. Um you know, the, the the event we had in 2001, we did not have a ritual either at all. Um mm-hmm. but the what made it satanic was the fact that we all came together and we went to a place that um we all felt was a very satanic designed um, place. Um, it was Thrillania, which was a—it's a haunted house here in Terrell, or well, in Dallas. Carroll's, you know, an hour or something east. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on 26 acres of land, oh, wow. um, and it has seven full attractions plus a midway. It has many of the little attractions. So it it has the ability to keep you entertained um, literally all day. Um, it's it was an amazing place when I first moved down to Texas. Um, Magister Sprague introduced me to uh, Lance Pope, who actually created this entire theme park that was haunted Jeez. by hand. Um, he literally the house he built the house the house is two stories. It was almost 10,000 square feet, and it took you about 20 minutes to walk through it, whereas most haunted houses, you're in and out in 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, Uh, You
1: know, this house, I mean, it had a graveyard, a swamp. I mean, it took you 20 minutes just to get to the house. (laughs) Uh, Amazingly designed. Um, He did all the props himself. He built the werewolf costumes by hand. Wow. Latex, the masking, and I mean, ultimately, it's what he ended up dying of. Um, he <laughs> literally put into his work, <laughs> but uh, and it all ultimate, Sandra's Labyrinth was, which was a very uh, intricate kind of funhouse type thing. Um, he had a seance theater with an anatomical or anatomical comical, um, like old granny, um, you know, gypsy type woman, um, and she would tell you this story and kind of lead you fortune while you're watching this show and fire would come out it was real cool oh,
0: wow. um
1: they had a they had a like a, a dead wedding chapel that did some stuff and there were a couple other houses but I mean, literally you were there all night long uh it was the most amazing thing and when i met lance um he definitely shared our values um, he just had no interest in the religion aspect of it, but he definitely, you know, he would be the de facto Satanist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he lived on the property um, and he had lions and tigers and a pack of wolves. And oh, he used to go play with them. So, it was, it became the place that our people would love. Wow. So, I... To the point where I said, you know what, we need to invite everyone to come experience this thing, and that's what started the 2001 conclave. Oh, wow! Uh, you know, we done, got all the transportation, you know, took care of the hotels, everything like that, and then invited all the people, and they flew down, and we had one hell of a week
0: <laughs> a whole week, too.
1: But if you look at it, I mean the ritual is, you know, is greater magic. It's, you know, a, in an environment where you are doing something to magically make something happen. But mm-hmm. if you look at, you know, Bakker doctor always described magic and everything like that, is you don't always necessarily need that. Sometimes the things you do are the rituals. Yeah. It's just not formal. And if you really look, how we all came together, the energy that happened that night, it kind of became its own ritual without being a formal ritual. Yeah. Because something was definitely
0: happening that night. (laughs) Well, we've got some photos that we're going to be getting to here in just a second. Um, I do like that idea that you just touched on as well, that the event itself becomes a ritual. And, And ultimately, when you sort of strip away the idea of what a satanic ritual is, it's a shared experience with a common goal. And that is clearly what you had set up and executed with that particular um, experience as well. So, I mean, how could it not be, you know, (laughs) that's, that's really fantastic. Um, What about, uh, I mean, you had just mentioned like the logistical side of it, of of setting up hotel rooms and and transportation and stuff. And then, and then, uh, you know, having the people show up. So for those uh, out there who may be tuning in or, or at some later time are, are trying to plan their own events, what are some tips you can give? Because if you don't know how many people would actually show, how do you set up the appropriate room size? Or like, do you put feelers first to make sure that you have the right block of rooms set aside? Like, How do you set that up logistically?
1: Definitely you put out feelers to a general audience just to you know give people this is kind of my idea of what i'm thinking about doing and see if it's something they would be interested in mm-hmm. um because even gas, yes, you still are you know you're still spending money on airfare you're still spending money on you know standard food for your downtimes, or you're spending money on um you know museums or whatever you're going to go to during your downtime um So you have to think, okay, is this event worth it for me to spend, let's say, a thousand dollars for? You know, there's not cheap. Um, So you put out feelers. Is this a good idea? Because again, for some people, it's going to be a good idea. But you know, we have a broad-based membership, and they're spread throughout the entire world, and. You really have to weigh the cost towards value. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's great to go visit, you know, North Dakota, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, there, is it going to be interesting for me? Um, That's where you run into it. So you definitely need to get feelers for approximately a small amount, or are people going to be interested in it? Is it a good idea? Then from there... I mean, you just have to start going, okay, what am I going to do with these people for how long? Mm-hmm. Um, because you are They're going to come to you. There are going to be expectations. Uh, you can just say, hey, yeah, I want 50 people to come over and hang out with me. Yeah, you're not going to get a whole lot of people that are going to say, okay. Yeah. Um, but if you say, I want 50 people to come and do this and do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do And everybody's going to be like, "Okay, oh, hey, that sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. I would really like to do those things. So again, the throwing in thing. It's something that isn't anywhere else in the world. So it was something interesting. So, mm-hmm. you know, I put the feelers out and said, hey, yeah, this is going to be a great idea. We've seen pictures. We've seen video. This is someplace we want to see. Mm-hmm. So from there, we just started planning everything. Um, you know, the nice thing with events in most cases is once you find a hotel in your area or something like that, they have no problem blocking out, you know, select amount of rooms um, for your event because people are going to need rooms. So, you know, if you don't, you know, pay for it or help them pay for it or whatever, they usually give you some type of a discount for the block of the rooms and they make sure that the rooms are available for your guests. Um, if the small chance happens that you either get more guests or they do something wrong with the rooms, there's always hotels everywhere. Mm. Um, so that's really not a problem. Mm. Um, but then you have to make sure that you secure transportation for all of these people. Uh, um, you know, through it was literally an hour and 15 minutes from where we had everybody stationed at a hotel. So I had to book out with a limo service um, that actually rented out buses. And oh, wow. we took multiple buses that drove us out there and picked us up. Um, you know, and... Uh, the problem with being a host in some cases is is you have to... The way I've always believed it and always the way I've felt is these people are coming to me. Yeah. They're coming something that I have planned. So... In my aspect, I should front the cost for, you know, certain aspects of it. I should not have to expect them to pay for everything themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, In in a lot of cases, they could just come here on their own, you know. Um, You're the one organizing this event. You're the one doing it. I mean, you know, it's like a concert. I mean, in theory... You know, you pay for the ticket, but, you know, the, the concert venue and everything, they pay for the stagehands, you know, this, that, parking, whatever. Right. Um, I look at it that I don't, I don't want to throw up an event and just say, okay, here's what we're going to do. And then you guys take care of figuring out everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, or, you know, the transportation, um, we paid extra money to get the hotel rooms cheaper. Um and we paid for it every one of our events we have a a huge party so we rent out a huge room and we pay for the food and the alcohol and all the beverages and the entertainment and i mean literally everything um because they're coming to my party like if you just hosted a party at your house you're going to have you know, appetizers and food and beverages for all your friends to come over. It, it's yeah. the same thing. It's yeah. just a gracious host.
0: Yeah. Well, there's so, been a, a lot of, if, <clears throat> well, there's been a handful of, 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 uh, CUS gatherings, like official gatherings. Uh, and I think probably the most, uh, famous of all is going to be the 6606 ritual. Um, and I don't have a whole bunch of photos or anything. I just want to throw this up as a, a sort of placeholder as we're having a conversation uh, about the different types of rituals that uh, have have happened in the past. And again, we're going to get more into some of the ones that you have uh, thrown as well. Uh, So this was in uh, Los Angeles, California, and it was a massive, really just a celebration of the date. And then, uh, you know, put on a whole theatrical performance. Is this one that you attended? Yes, (laughs) okay. Can you speak to this a little bit? What was the experience like?
1: Yeah, it was it was an amazing event. Um, yeah, we all God, it was a, it was it was a blur. But let's go with that. <laughs> um, the event was very well done. Um, you know, the ritual. It was nice that you know you entered into the venue. Everyone had time to talk. Kind of you know get out a little bit of that excited jitter of everyone being in the same room kind of thing, Mm -hmm. which was really nice before the festivity started. Um, And then, you know, again, can't go into a whole lot of detail just because. Um, But once the festivity started, everyone was already in that mindset. It made it an extremely powerful performance. Mm -hmm. um, So, I mean, after it was done, I mean, you felt... um, amazing and then everybody you know walked out of that and we got back together and all talked and had an amazing time um it was it was a very phenomenal
0: event david in the chat room said he's the one that walked into the glass door
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) those things
0: that's funny um yeah, this is one of the things that I think is, it's telling about a ritual where, not just a ritual, but a, a celebration where once it's over, you should feel the the energy of that event, you know, of that celebration. Uh, I can only imagine this was just sort of off the charts and just going off of uh, the one group one that I attended uh, with the official COS group, uh, that was pretty damn spectacular and so I don't know do, do you run into a lot of drama in these events or is everyone pretty much in the same place
1: well in a lot of cases again depending on how large the event is you've got you know so many different personalities mm-hmm. and as I mean we don't all get along um, I mean that's just not an expectation that you should ever have yep. um, so There is drama in certain aspects, um, but I believe it's more contained at events just because everyone is on their best behavior because there are so many people right there. Again, it's completely different when you're behind a computer. It's that whole anonymity, you know, where you can't get punched in the face through your monitor. (laughs) Um, So people talk shit, you know, a lot worse than they would in person. Um, there, you know, there's been drama here and there, uh, but it, it, again, it's mostly contained. There's it, and it's never at, you know, one of the I, I would say planned events or you know at the six six oh six thing. It, there, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, at the ritual, there would be no drama. Yeah. Um, afterwards, everyone went to the bar. I believe the night after or something, there was some drama, um, but again, you get a bunch of people drinking and. You know, we're all out on our own. And, <laughs> was, um, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. But, uh, and it, it, a group of us went to, you know, one of the other pseudo satanic things that was running at the same time, and they caused some drama over there, and those people caused some drama. It was just a mess. But, um, but again, these are all people. They all have free will, they all have the ability to do things you as a host you try and keep it contained but you know it's people do what
0: they do yeah yeah um yeah after this one uh there was uh, a couple years later the hellfire cave ritual now i've, I've spoken to uh master um uh, magus gilmore i've spoken to magister nadramia i've spoken to uh, magister lang about this particular event i talked to um uh reverend uh uh Uh, Palmer, and uh, just people who had been there at the time or around it. And that sounded like a pretty stellar ritual and some pretty uh, silly hijinks uh, based off of it as well. Uh, Is that one that you attended?
1: No, that was not one I went to. But yes, from the stories I heard, I mean, (laughs) in a cave, hello, Um, it it, it was a phenomenal event from the stories that I heard also. But yeah, yeah, it's not one that I attended.
0: Yeah, I, I really love the story that they were gonna have this guar phallus that sprayed over all of the congregation during the ritual and ended up like breaking and like shooting across the room and stuff. Like this is I mean, you know, we're we're talking about uh have, having and planning these uh sort of celebrations and ultimately you have to sort of, you know, take these strange occurrences that are going to crop up, whether it's a person acting out or whether it's a a system in place that fails I mean you have to be able to move on your feet and address the issue you can't just sort of go into a corner and huddle in a fetal position and hope it goes away you know so I I think that's also a a measure that people need to have when considering planning a ritual are you capable or a a celebration are you capable of handling it if shit hits the fan (laughs) like can you maneuver you know uh, situations
1: that, that pretty much you know puts the the host on the spot. Mm. Um, but also, if you can't handle the the shit that when it hits the fan, uh, in most cases, if you go to ever plan another event again, people aren't going to show up because they're going to remember their time at the last one. Yeah. Um, it it gives you your difference between a good host and a bad host because not every I mean everyone wants to throw a party, of course. I mean, they're amazing things. When you hear the stories about them, they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But not everyone is a little um, There's, you know, there's some people who can plan it, and there's some people who can't. Yeah. It's which one you want. If you come to the conclusion that you are going to plan a party, you plan it, and it goes poorly, your best aspect is either, one, figure out how to plan a better party next time, um, or just let someone else do it and be the guest
0: because
1: mm-hmm. you can, time. because as a host, it is stressful and you have to be, if you can't handle it, then people aren't going to come to your events, and yeah. disappointed. And it looks bad on you. Yeah.
0: Well, ultimately when we're talking about celebrations, there's, there's kind of two types. There's the, the, private ones that an individual member puts out, and they can invite whomever they like. And then there's the organizational ones, the official gatherings, you know, two of which we've already spoken to, um, where every COS member in good standing is welcome to join, and usually with a plus one or a significant other. Um, And because they are such big to-dos, because it takes so much planning to get so many people together, you have to sort of look ahead and and really do this planning months and months in advance just to make sure that everything falls in place and there's not a lot of last minute issues popping up. Uh, I remember uh, the Church of Satan's year 50 celebration in Washington, D.C. That was a really great one where, you know, we definitely were planning months in advance and you get there and there was a couple events and and that was kind of it. There was a dinner and then a ritual, but it was being in the presence of all these other individuals that you have interacted with online, uh, over the phone or in person before, together, this collective experience that, as Satanists, is very rare. I mean, it doesn't feel like it now that we have the internet and social media, but... Satanists don't normally hobnob and hang out all the time together. It's very rare to get again, you've already touched on it where we just have different lifestyles and opinions and, you know, sometimes they can rub each other the wrong way. But to be in a group on those rare occasions and collectively as an organization celebrate whatever that is, it's a pretty spectacular experience, I'd say. Um and though The year 50 celebration was much more of this sort of stripped down affair, certainly compared to the 6606, but it was also a very much stripped down affair compared to the next year in 2016 of the 50th anniversary celebration. And so there's a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, strangeness in that that, you know, there's a year 50 and then a 50th year celebration back to back. But uh, the year 50, I didn't attend. Uh, or, I'm sorry, the 50th anniversary that was in Poughkeepsie up in New York, I didn't attend that one. Were you? Did you visit that one? No, sir. Yeah. I've heard, yeah. I've heard was, great things about it. but it Xander being born, we were limited on traveling at the times. Yeah, yeah. understandable. <laughs> that, and that's exactly why I didn't go either, is because I had just gone to D.C. the year before, and I was just like, you know what, I got to – spend some of my money on the family. (laughs) You know, I can't always go play, play with it all. But um, I didn't hear anything negative come out of that one. We had one incident in the one that I attended, uh, where it was just one former member calling out a current member, (laughs) like out of nowhere, which was really strange. Um, But it didn't lead anywhere. And it just sort of like, was diffused immediately after, and so you know, life just sort of went on. Um, But to speak to the point that you had made after the 6606 celebration, where there's this sort of energy in the air and everyone just felt really great, um, it was the same situation after this um, Year 50 event in DC, where you just, you feel amazing and being able to share time with people that you don't ever get to see is really refreshing, but I have to say, after two days, I was very ready to leave. <laughs> like, I was just, you know, what, are you like this too, it, where you can only stand people for so long? Like a week is a long time. You,
1: you would have absolutely hated being at the 2005. To help. <laughs> that was since it was in Las Vegas. Um, and it was, it was centered around also my first wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, but we invited, I mean, literally everyone. Oh, geez. Uh, and that technical, that event lasted, you know, anywhere from one to two weeks long. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> and everybody laughed. Everybody came in at a time, but then everyone left at different periods of time throughout the two weeks that we were there. Hmm. Um, so it was, it was, it was a massive, massive, under. But uh, it already had, you know, all the hotels scheduled um, and then, you know, my ex-wife now, um, we stayed at every single hotel every night throughout the Strip.
0: So it was a different
1: hotel. Um, So other people had also moved around different hotels. um, But we had um, the wedding was the big thing, the reception. Uh, we threw a huge party for everyone at the Hard Rock Hotel. We, um, we rented out the, um, musician suite or whatever. Um, it's like, God, it's almost half a floor by itself. Dang. Um, it's that like Guns N' Roses trashed and everything. So.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah.
1: Um, and we had a huge party there, um, And then we we did, you know, a bunch of sightseeing together. Um, We went down and we, you know, took over entire lounges and just had, it was basically just Satanists only for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all sit down there and we would literally talk until the sun came up. Um, One night, I sat down there with uh, Magister Nemo and, and we talked for... Close to nine hours before what? we realized that we had to get up early in the morning <laughs> with, you know, later, and we're like, "Oh crap. but you, you lose you lose track of time when you're around you know the people that you've talked to and you get to meet them, and the energy's flowing, and you lose track of time it It's, it's an amazing thing
0: oh yeah uh, Nine but, hours: yeah,
1: that forever. So yeah. after the, the two weeks, I never had a problem with it because there were so many people there. Um, there was so much interaction. There was so much energy. Um, I really did not sit there and go, God, I wish everyone would go, oh, i do my own <laughs> thing or whatever. We all enjoyed doing the same thing. So anything we had planned, there was always a group of people that, oh, we're, we're in. Let's go. Yeah, And you'd experience it with all those different minds mm-hmm. and you see things from different perspectives. Um, it was, it was phenomenal, but I, I mean, I know some people that, you know, after a period of time, it's, I need to recharge and be alone, you know? Yeah. And I'm an introvert by in general. Um, I can't handle, you know, in a lot of cases, I can't handle a lot of social interaction. Um, I have to recharge, but when I'm around other Satanists in these, you know, events, um, yeah, it's not affected for me. I I feel the energy eat off the energy and it just becomes something amazing and it can go
0: forever. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, this was the last, uh, the 50th anniversary, uh, official celebration that we've had, um, that was sort of organizational. But again, you've been speaking about some of the private ones that you set out and you sent me uh, some photos from the 2001 Thrillvania experience. Um, can we look at some of these and, uh, you tell us what we're looking at here. I'll sort of describe it because you're on the other side of the camera here, but it's the birthday cake.
1: Yeah, that was the, um, part of the 2001 event, um, that we had, it was that event was actually a very select group. Uh, we had about 30 members come down, but it was mostly all hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, Manchester Martin came down with Xerxes, um, you know, um, H.P. Gilmore, H.P. um tons of magisters and priests and of all various shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cake was it was because it was Xerxes' 8th birthday. So nice. um, we had the party that we threw for everyone, um, which you'll see other pictures from the party. But um, we had a birthday celebration for him.
0: That's great. High holiday for the young man. All right, so now, right now we're looking at a, a very young you <laughs> with uh, high freeze and high freezes. <laughs> looking very, very young. So when was this?
1: also at the party. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: that was just, you know, everyone, when you've you got everyone together, you all got to take pictures of each other. <laughs> so, um. Uh, so that was, you know, we go more in and, B. B. Bama, and uh, we were just all dressed to the hilt, and we did everyone did photo shoots, so mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: that was a photo
0: endeavor. That's great, uh, and so this next one, it's like um, a bouquet of flowers with someone in the corner.
1: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that was. Um, I had uh, Larue DelaChaine come down from Minnesota. Um, And that was the time that we had just finished releasing his new CD because I produced it for him Mm -hmm. uh, with the record that I had back then. Um, So I flew him down and he serenaded us all night long on the piano. Oh, wow. And amazing. Uh, Because we made sure that we rented out um, a large enough venue that actually had a grand piano in it. And so we had him and he just just being as me- classically musically inclined as he was, he just sat on that piano and just played all night long. It was amazing. That's so fantastic. normally you would have speaker background music or whatever for your event, whereas we had live music as the background music. <laughs> That's
0: badass.
1: Playing on the piano, and they just have conversations, and he's just he's talking and going and talking. I mean, he was amazing. Wow
0: that's great so this next one here uh looks like everyone walking to the haunted house event or something
1: yeah that one's in the field Mm -hmm. um that at throwania um lance's private area was um well aware or away from the rest of the the haunted house area so you actually had to take this dirt trodden trail (laughs) and you all the way into the back. It was almost it's it, close to a mile. Not not quite a mile, but it's pretty close um, to get to where the lions are. Um, so this is all of us, or actually, that's probably half of us. The other half's around the, the corner already, heading mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> towards the lions. Uh, because most, you know, of the the members had never, you know, you don't you go to a zoo. You see a lion, you see a tiger, but they're always behind glass or something like this. In this case here, everyone got to touch them. Oh, shit. So you had a hundred pound African male lion leaning against the bars, and you got to put your hand on him and just feel him breathing (laughs) and just... And then, I mean, there's times that I went in, and you know, you, you can play with the tigers because they're still babies. Yeah. Um, three months old, they're I mean, still massive things, but they're not super dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone had to you know, kind of play with the tigers, and the wolves were completely friendly, so everyone got to play with the wolves. <laughs> but just nine hundred pound African lion
0: breathing
1: on you was phenomenal and an
0: experience. <laughs> That's heavy, man. Damn. Um,
1: that was during the day before the haunted house opened in the evening.
0: Right. So the image I'm looking at now, I'm not entirely sure what I'm looking at. Um, there's a building in the background with a bunch of fence posts. Like
1: yeah, tall- That's Cassandra. Uh, when we first got off the buses, um, that's where they dropped us off. Um, so then Cassandra's Labyrinth is the building you're seeing behind you which is the fun house area. And everyone is congregating in the beginning uh, area. So we could tell them what was going to happen and what we're going to do. Hmm. So uh, it was our congregation place to start the event.
0: Nice. And then I've got someone breathing fire.
1: Uh, And that's just Magister Sprague again. He knew Lance. He runs or he would perform a haunted magic show every hour on the hour. So he would do stage magic in a haunted, spooky, but funny way. Mm. Um, And one of his tricks was, you know, he's a fire breather. Um, So not only does he do, you know, sleight of hand and stage magic, he also breathes fire. And um, he came up with all of these amazing uh, haunted magic acts um, so, like, the coffin that's behind him is uh, was his finale where he would put his assistant into the coffin and light her on fire. Oh, shit. And he would make the coffin uh, sides pop down, and all you'd have was this smoldering corpse. <laughs> but the fun thing, was, she never came back. <laughs> love so, but again, you know, the next hour you see her again, but um, you know, the end of the the magic trick wasn't to, you know, show your assistant all well, it's to, you know, she died. <laughs> so
0: great. And he, he, you know, he would bring somebody up on stage every, you know, every
1: performance and do something super scary because to watch the, you know, patron's expression when they're about to be beheaded, and they don't quite. You're, you're in a haunted theme park, you're being chased by, you know, costumed people, mm. and all of a sudden now you're up on stage, and this guy is going to literally behead you. Is it? <laughs> I mean, so the the reactions you get from some of the people are hilarious. <laughs> I mean, they get scared. Yeah. And you're like, well, he killed you, there would be cops involved, they'd get shut down, you got to think. But it, it's great to how the people get involved in the act. Oh,
0: that's great. Um, so what are some of the best memories you have of putting on these events? Um,
1: you know, in a lot of aspects, you know, the, the main event is a phenomenal memory. Uh, um, like with the, the haunted house, I mean, just to watch everyone experience it, to see the reaction on their face. Um, to see them having a good time uh, um, was, you know, that's a great memory because you, you've put on a successful event. Mm. Um, but I think in a lot of cases, my best memories for the events are the, the straight one-on-one conversations you have with the people that you've known for so long, but you may have never met before or you only get to see them every once, every couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's more the, the bonding time um, or just the, or or the, we had a, we did a dinner at a, a, a very fancy restaurant here in Dallas called Del Frisco's. And just to put 30 people around a table at the same time in a place that are all Satanists and watch what happens is phenomenal. It's probably my best memory. Because like we're all sitting there, we're having conversations, we're eating dinner, and we're doing stuff in the, the waitress, the wait staff is coming and they're tending to our every need and everything like that. But there was one waitress that she kept reaching over Magister Nemo's shoulder to, you know, put down this plate or put down this cup or you know do this knife thing or whatever. And he started to get kind of annoyed with her because she kept choosing him. So he ends up taking his napkin and he molds it into a bunny rabbit. And then he sticks his knife into his hand with the bunny rabbit. And every time she reaches over, he puts his arm up and pretend to stab her with it. <laughs> is watching this world, and she is completely unaware of it. And we're just, I mean, we died laughing. Because you, you've got this, you know, who is the greatest guy, and he just builds this bunny rabbit out of his napkin, which was super cute, and puts a knife in there. <laughs> I mean, you don't it's not what you plan. It's what happens when you get all these amazing people together in the same spot yeah. and you just watch the personality unfold. It's, it that's, that's where the memories come in.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. So, um, I had a, uh, I had a friend come over and, uh, we did a satanic baptism for him, but we, you know, a, a bunch of different people were able to collaborate all together, you know, at my place um, for this uh, event that ended up lasting almost a full week, almost. Um, and it was just like day after day of shared experiences, whether we went up into the mountains hiking or we went through uh, a memorial park or, you know, we, we did the ritual itself or dinner and barbecue. And it was just like this constant evolving experience. And as we shared more time together and we got to know each other better, You realize that the connection was shifting and changing like right before your eyes, which is really interesting because at first, whenever you meet someone for the first time in person, there's a little bit of distance and awkwardness. And by the end, everyone was hugging and, you know, sort of genuinely missing each other as they're leaving. And that, I think, is the most powerful part of all of this is that you never expect to make dear friends You just expect to have, you know, oh, well, that's another Satanist. We may have something in common, and we can chat for a little bit. But being able to just naturally evolve into dear friends is something that is pretty special about this whole thing. Because I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to make friends. And this was just, like, instantaneous, you know, with handfuls of people. Um, Is that your experience, too?
1: Oh, most definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, hard to make friends is a... (laughs) That's an understatement. Um, but I think more of I don't want to make friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely through life as you, you know, in the city you're in or whatever, you have the opportunity to make the friends. I just run to the aspect that I don't want to because it's not worth my time. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that I have made in the organization are worth my time. I would rather spend my time on those people because they are of greater value to me than You know Joe on the street Mm -hmm. um you know you know in my environment here I have very select people um very Mm -hmm. few people ever are allowed inside this house um but you know I, I have acquaintances where I will talk with people outside but they are not in my inner circle they don't know the in and outs of my life whereas the people in the organization do know the in and outs and you know there are you know select members of the organization that are fully welcome anytime they want Mm -hmm. um, because that that bond and you know they're of the like mind that my energy is very well you know used on them as opposed to somebody else
0: right
1: so you know it, it is of more value it is more beneficial you know to spend your time with these people
0: yeah, one of the, uh, and, and we've spoken to it in general terms earlier on, one of the drawbacks of these is that you will have things happen that you don't plan. they just sort of mishaps. Um, do you have any of those you'd like to share? Um,
1: God. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll, I'll do the, the the socially awkward one. <laughs> um, there was a, we had a smaller, uh, again, the 2001 Conclave and the 2005 were the large events. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the years, we've had smaller events, uh, also at Throvania and, you know, at other places around Texas. Um, but we did host a small event uh, at Throvania, probably somewhere around two thousand. probably about 2009. Um, And we invited some people from Oklahoma. Um, I mean, there were people that flew in from other areas. Um, But we were all in the haunted house. We were actually out front of Magister's Pride's stage. And we were all in a circle kind of having a conversation just talking about some stuff. And Family Guy was real popular back then. So you know, we were all like, oh, you know, talking about Family Guy and, you know, the certain aspects of, you know, slight satanic stuff we find on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were having this conversation and one of the girls who we had invited that no one had ever met before. Um, so we didn't quite know what to expect from her. Um, she kind of wanders right into the middle of our circle. And while we're all having this conversation, she just stares up at me and goes, I like Family Guy. <laughs> I like Family Guy. I like Family Guy. And over and over and over. And I don't really know where to go with that. Because there was no other part of the wasn't she was in the conversation. She just wanted to be part, part of the conversation, yeah. but didn't have it... The, skills needed to interject yourself properly. So, you you know, in most cases, you know, you're like, okay, whatever, maybe. but again, you're surrounded by a bunch of people and you've got to handle this politely and you've got to be on your toes and be like, what do you like? And try and bring her into the conversation that she can't seem to get herself into. Yeah, and But you know, at the end of it, we all we it, it became funny. It became kind of a joke. We're like, "Oh my god!" So it kind of became a running issue. The rest of the evening.
0: You sat in there and, and we oh, guy. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I had one where, and I've. Oh, I'm sorry. I cut you off. What was that?
1: But you also run into the fact that again with when you invite a bunch of members in, like another issue was, is you end up sometimes as the host or let's say as a magister of the organization and you've got this group of people, you're going to get sometimes some people that are going to kind of latch on to you. Um, And again, they don't understand personal boundaries or anything because maybe they're not around a lot of people. So that's another situation that you may run into is you don't get left alone. (laughs) You end up like getting little... Dogs or something following around, and you have to be able to handle that situation also without offending people or you know causing a scene. Mm-hmm. I mean you are the house you you need to handle
0: it properly yeah i think that's a that 's a learned skill too, because what you did in trying to help her interject herself properly or trying to welcome her awkwardness and make it less awkward. Um, That's not something a lot of people do, and it would have been very easy just to openly mock her in the situation. But, you know, it takes a little bit of class and a little bit of experience in order to try to handhold her and let everyone understand that, you know, this is something that we're going to go down. It's going to take a little bit longer, but we're all going to experience this and we're going to try to make her feel included rather than, you know, just sort of uh, turn your back, (laughs) you know, for example. I mean, most definitely, you are the host, you've invited
1: these people down, you know, you have to deal with the fact that you don't know everyone's personality, you may have never met or even talked to some of these people, um, but you need to be able to handle the situation in a respectful and proper manner, Mm -hmm. otherwise you shouldn't be the host, I mean, that's, I mean, that's just ridiculous if you're going to mock people, you know, I mean, we've never, she came back the next year that we did the next event, um, because she had a great time, um. You know, in every event that we have held, um, we have never had anyone ever say that they had a bad time or that it was not a value or worth it for them. Um we've had I mean everyone is like, When's the next one? What are we what are we doing? You know, when are we doing this again? Mm-hmm. Um and that's the type of of party you have to have if you're going to do this. Because, I mean, these are our like-minded friends. They should all be treated as friends when you're hosting an event. You know, what you guys do, you know, online or whatever, later or whatever, I mean, that's completely different. But at your event, everything needs to go smoothly. Yep.
0: Well, I also want to make sure that we, we clarify for people that if you are considering putting anything together, don't let your fear dictate whether or not you do it. Just make sure that you have everything planned out and you're prepared um, for, you know, what could happen. And then, you know, the other side of it is ensuring that um, you've reached out to people and you have confirmation that people are in fact going to show, you know, there's nothing worse than, than not getting firm yeses. And then no one is there and you're just sort of sitting there Or, or just one person shows up because you weren't clear about a time or a place or something. I mean, you want to make sure that, again, as you just mentioned, everyone has a good experience, and that means communicating effectively and clearly about what is expected, what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and what, you know, what people need if they need to bring something, for example, as well. Now, certainly, if there's like a ritual or something, you need to bring your stuff, you know, your robe. Yeah,
1: in, in Las Vegas for the ritual we had in Luxor um, with everyone, <laughs> it was extremely impromptu, and we had very little supplies. So you can imagine it was—I think about twenty-five people literally running throughout all of the hotels and the <laughs> gift shops, just clamoring to find you know a bell a gong, you know, what we can use as a ritual sword, and, I mean, you just see, okay, you're this team, this is what you need to find, you're this team, this is what you need to find, and everyone, okay, and And then we all just, and it was funny, and later, everyone comes back, and we're like, we got this, we've got this, okay, I think we got enough, let's do this. There we because i mean you know you look at the luxor the, the shape of the luxor the design is extremely magical um if you've ever been inside of it it is i mean i don't see how that hotel stays standing <laughs> um just to look over the edge top of it and not be able to see anything below you except the floor no nope, because all the rooms go like this i mean it was crazy so we were like this is uh, but an awesome place to actually do a ritual. Plus, all of the rooms had odd angles. Nothing was quite square. You know, nothing was perfect. I mean, heck, the doors didn't even close right. Um, <laughs> so it was the perfect place. to do it. So, but we were all like, "Oh crap, we don't have anything." So it's everybody clamoring, and it, it's you know, think on your feet.
0: That's awesome. You know,
1: get it done. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was, that was much fun. I mean, it was the same thing with when we had to get wine for the party. Um, we had a, a couple members that were, you know, well-versed in wine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we all had to go find a liquor store <laughs> to get the, the alcohol in the wine. So, you've got this, right before the party, you've got, I think it ended up being, it was probably close to 15 guys, all dressed to the hilt in suits, ties, and fedoras. And we are all in two by two through the hotel, or through the lobby of the hotel. And I'm like in the lead because I'm heading everyone to where it's going and everyone else is kind of behind me. And just to watch all the people in the casino, it was like parting of water. You know, we were like Moses. I mean, everyone just saw this large group of fedora women, and I'm sure they were thinking oh my god the mob's here mm. oh shit starts parting out of the way I mean normally you can't walk down the street without getting hit in the shoulder by somebody who doesn't want to move out of your way and I mean, it was just a parting of the sea right to the door
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> great oh, this has been a lot of fun um we're already at an hour here so I, I think we should probably wind this down um any uh, any last suggestions or experiences or words of wisdom for uh, other people that you want to share before we, we close the conversation?
1: Uh, well, I mean, yeah, in a lot of aspects, if you're going to plan a party or you're going to plan an event, um, you need to, before you even announce anything, you need to literally plan the whole thing out from start to finish. I mean, from the point of you're going to send messages or you're going to invite people this way. And who are you going to invite? Who are you going to allow to come to this event? So like the 2001 party was basically only the hierarchy was invited. Um, But the 2005 event that I had, a a general audience was more invited. Um, And then the events further on than that was even more general. Um, So who is your target audience for this event? Um, because you need to plan around the types of people that are going to be there. Mostly for us hierarchy members, we all know each other. We've been around. Um, we're all pretty comfortable with each other. So having a hierarchy-only event really doesn't take a whole lot of planning mm-hmm. um, as far as interaction, but you start including you know, newer members or let's open it up to all COS members throughout the world. That right there, a major plan because you have no idea who's going to show up. Mm -hmm. You have no idea who's going, who they're going to put. If you allow a plus one or a plus two or whatever, Um, so you need to plan that event and every single step of it to the end before you even invite a single person. Mm -hmm. Because once you've got that plan and you How your event is going to flow you can then present that to the people you can you know give them the game plan find out who's going to be interested find out whether this is a good enough event and you've already got the plan you know to in case as the event goes through that you can be able to handle any bumps or you know mishaps that happen Um, you also will know people that are there so you'll be able to handle all that um, but you also need to plan something that's worth going to. Um, I mean, it needs to be amazing. We don't do small. You know, we don't do fast. I mean, that's that's the other people. Um, we do it for the elite. I mean, that's what it is. So you plan an event that is an event um, and understand that you. You also need to find an event that you're going to spend money on. You cannot expect all these people to just do everything for you. Mm -hmm. That's not hosting an event. Then be a guest. And at that point, you know, you also need to just enjoy the event. Enjoy the people that are there. That's the whole point of getting everyone there. It's really not to go see the thing. It's to experience the thing together. And the different personalities yet the like mind um it you know if you can pull it off it's an amazing thing um and it can be small and it can be large it it's really up to you yeah um the the small events are great also Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah for sure um well thank you so much at the very beginning of this someone in the chat room was uh uh half teasing that we were going to be announcing a special, uh, ritual event, a satanic ceremony together since we're having this. So, uh, you guys are in luck because we're here. No, we're not going to announce anything. Sorry. (laughs) Um, it's just been a really wonderful opportunity to discuss satanic celebrations with you sharing in, uh, your experience, uh, through the stories and your recollections. And, you know, it's, it's, it's part of what makes, um, you know, we always say with membership uh, comes benefits. Uh, and and sometimes when you get an opportunity to attend these satanic celebrations, whether, again, it is an official event or it's just an a individual Satanist putting it together, it is a very special thing. And I've never heard of anything going so badly that they would not want to attend another one. And so uh, if you do get an opportunity... It's not going to be an everyday thing. It's not going to be once a year thing, which is why they're special. Um, which is, you know, why when something does pop up, you should probably pay attention because it's going to go, and you're not going to be able to, you know, have those shared memories like everyone else's, um, and you're not going to know what I like Family Guy means ultimately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is what I'm getting. And also, at. we forgot um,
1: when you plan your event, it is also very important not to plan it around someone else's event. Yep. Uh, a lot of us, we all like to plan events, and sometimes we end up planning the same event in the same year or something, and then you're forcing everyone to pick and choose whose event they have to go to, because in most cases most people can only go to one event a year or one event every few years. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you plan your event when no one else is planning it. Yeah. So you're not forcing people to and that's the other side but, of it. Too. Yeah, but you know, where it's just you know, we can get together, mm-hmm. and we will just not letting.
0: Anyone... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll just do another video about what we experienced. <laughs>
1: That'll
0: be the official event pronouncing. Right We're going to have
1: a great event, but no one's invited.
0: <laughs> Suckers! <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank you so much. Can we uh, uh, give a quick shout out? You've got a nice little necklace there. What's that? Your it, necklace. That's my teaser. Because you color that we don't carry yet. Yet. But soon. <laughs> All right, everyone, pay attention. Uh, Satan, me—that's where it's going to be when it's available. Um, and, and to- also shout out, thank you to my lovely camera woman. Yes, I heard her giggling.
1: Oh.
0: Yes, jaggedling. Yeah,
1: <laughs> my 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 background need
0: Um, Well, thank you all so much for joining us in the chat room and having your conversations amongst each other and and sharing your little thoughts about some of the um, events that you attended and and what you thought of it all. Uh, I do appreciate it. Your guys' interaction is what makes this format particularly special. It's one thing just having an audio or a video podcast and putting it out there for everyone to uh, sort of consume at their own rate. It's another interacting with you live as We're recording this. And so, uh, again, thank you guys so much for your attention and your time. Uh, If you always want to support the show, subscribe to the YouTube channel and sign up to the email list. There's links in the video below that you're watching right now. Uh, Magister Frost, it is always a pleasure. Until we can speak of the devil again, hail Satan. Always a pleasure.
1: Thank you, sir. Hail Satan.